0: Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Masbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. I would like to go to you with a wonderful story that we can read in Luke chapter 7. And I'm so happy for this story because it has blessed me so many times in my personal life. But also when I was able to share it on the mission field, It blessed so many people and touched their life, be it that they heard the gospel for the very first time, or if they were already believers and they were in some sort of situation in their life that they needed a miracle. My friend, our life as a child of God is a life of miracles. Every day we experience miracles. And some miracles we experience, we don't even know that we are experiencing a miracle. I mean, God could protect you today for some evil that could have come upon you, but he had his hand above you and he made that thing not to pass into your life. And so that was a miracle that you didn't even notice that was there. I believe very strongly that the hand of the Lord is upon me and is upon us and that he is with us. Didn't Jesus say, I will be with you? All the days of your life, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will be with you even to the end of this world. I am with you. Well, if he is with us, then we don't have to fear or doubt, but we know that the miracle worker is with us and he is working miracles because that is his nature. That is his character. He loves us. He loves you, my friend. And so if he loves you, he wants to give you the good things. And when you are going through some tests and some trials, expect miracles, expect blessings, expect the good things, because God is with you. Well, let's read these verses from chapter 7 out of the book of Luke, and we will read from verse 11 all the way up to 17. And it says, soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear on which they were carrying him, And the bearer stood still, and he said, Young man, I say to you, get up. And the dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. And this news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. You know, I love this story. I love it because I see so many things in there that help us today. Number one, I see two crowds. I see the crowd that was with Jesus. It says he and his disciples and a large crowd. And it speaks about another crowd, the crowd of this dead person that was being carried and his mother, who was a widow before him, and a great crowd of the city that was with them. So you have these two crowds here, the crowd that was with Jesus and the crowd that was with this widow and her dead son. And the great question today is, in which crowd are you? Are you in the crowd that is walking with Jesus or are you in the crowd of death that is on its way to the burial place for the last respects and the last moment to see and to face life? And then for it all to be finished. Well, you know, I pray that you are in the crowd of Jesus today. It's wonderful to be in the crowd of Jesus. Can you just imagine how that crowd was walking with Jesus? I tell you, it was a crowd that was celebrating. There was joy there. There was dancing there. And people were giving their testimony and telling to each other, Oh, you know what Jesus did for me? I was blind. But now I can see, well, that's a great thing, the other person said. But you know, I would never be walking today if it wasn't for Jesus. No, as a beggar, I was laying at the side of the street because I was crippled. I couldn't work for my own money. I couldn't do anything. All that was left for me in life was to be brought down to the street. And every day I had to beg and to wait for a few dimes and nickels so that I could buy something to eat and live my life as a pauper, as a beggar, and living in that disease and sickness as a cripple. It was a terrible life. But then Jesus passed by one day, and oh, hallelujah, he touched me, and I was healed of my crippledness, and I could walk, and I rose up, and now I'm walking and dancing. Oh, hallelujah. Well, another friend says, well, you know what happened to me? Oh, I was a leper, and I couldn't even come in touch with my own wife, with my own family. I couldn't hold my children. I couldn't embrace those that loved me, and nobody could embrace me, and I couldn't even live in my own house. I was a castaway. I was living on the side of the village, and everybody was afraid of me, and whenever I went to get some water, I had to cry out, unclean unclean, unclean, and everybody got afraid and they would run from me and they would grab their children and run away from me like I was some sick, filthy person that they didn't want to communicate with and didn't want to touch and didn't want to see. But you know, Jesus came and oh, he was not afraid of me and he came to me and he touched me. And when he touched me, oh, that leprosy left my body. And I was cleansed of every sickness and I could run home and I could embrace my wife and my children. And now I'm living at home, but you know, I couldn't stay home. Oh, I'm walking with Jesus right now. And so one after the other, oh, maybe that woman was there and said, oh, you know what happened with me? Twelve years, I had an issue of blood. Twelve years, twelve long years. Oh, I had this problem, and it made me so weak, and I couldn't be with my husband the way that a wife should be with a husband, and I couldn't even enter the temple because I was also considered unclean. Oh, all these times I was there with such a need. I went to the doctors. I tell you, I was a rich woman, but after the doctors, I had no money left. I gave it all to them, but you know, they didn't make me better. It only became worse, but one day I touched Jesus, and when I touched him, in one instant that fountain of blood dried up, and I was healed instantly, completely of my sickness, and it never came back to me again. Well, another shouted, well, that's terrible what you had to go through, but you know what I had to experience in my life? Oh, there were demons living inside of me. Oh, nobody knows how terrible it is when you are possessed by demons, and these demons were torturing me day and night. I was living like a naked person with the tombstones. Everybody was afraid of me. Sometimes, you know, I would try to kill myself because I just couldn't live on with these demons inside of me. Sometimes they would put chains around me. To protect me for myself and to protect the city for me because I was like a crazy man destroying everything around me. But you know, those chains could not hold me because of that demonic power in my life. Oh, but one day when I saw Jesus, I fell on my knees and I worshiped him for one instant. And after worshiping him for one moment, I tell you, he spoke. And he spoke to those demons in me and they all fled and went away and they left my body. And now I am a temple of God. Oh, there is such a change in my life now that I have the Lord with me and that I'm following him and that he is alive in me. I tell you, oh, life with Jesus is the most wonderful, glorious life. I've been set free of this demonic power. Well, you know, there are so many testimonies that we read in the Bible, and the Bible says if all the things that Jesus did in his life, in the few years of his ministry on earth would be written down in books, the world could not contain all the books because so many miracles happened through the hands and through the power of Jesus. But you know, they were walking with Jesus, glorifying Jesus, speaking about the wondrous works of Jesus. And they were being built up in their faith and they were leaping for joy and they were singing worship songs, praising God, that God had visited his people and that God was so compassionate with them. But, you know, then you see that other crowd, that crowd that was with that widow, that widow had already walked that road to the grave because she already brought her husband there and now she was living as a widow. And all she had left in life was her son, that one son. Oh, that son that brought her joy. The son that she could share her life with, eat with. The son that would take care of her. But you know, something unbearable happened. I think it's so unbearable when a parent has to bury their own children. It's not the way it should go. It's the children who should bury the parents after they come upon an old age. But you know, now this mother, this widow, had to bury her son. I don't know what happened. I don't know if the son died of a sickness or disease, or maybe if he had an accident. But you know, there is that situation that mama's walking that journey again to the graveyard, and she is looking down, dressed in black, and her whole spirit is black and down, looking down. Oh, Her pride and joy, her son, has been taken away for her. Her husband already gone. What's left in life to live for? Why should she continue on? Oh, if she could just take his place, if she could just lay beside him and be buried with him, it would be okay for her because all joy and all reason and purpose for life was gone. Oh, you know, that crowd was with her. They felt so sorry for her. And that whole crowd was dressed in black and they were crying and shouting and yelling all these cries of sadness and mourning and sorrow. And they were walking to the grave, just a few more steps, and he would be put in the ground and it would all be finished, just a few more steps. And that would be the end of it down here. Oh, she was walking there. And then, you know. I read that these two crowds, they met each other. There is on that one side, the crowd representing death, hopelessness. And on the other side, there is that crowd with Jesus representing life and hope and joy. And they met each other. You know, this is what needs to happen today. These two crowds are in the world today. You have the crowd of death. Oh, people are like zombies. Because, you know, the Bible says that if you have not Christ, you don't have life. Oh, so many people, they are living, but they are living just in their body, in the flesh, but their spirit man is dead. And they are already with one foot in the grave. Maybe they have a few more years to go in this life down here. But after this life here, it will be darkness and sadness for eternity. Yes, they are walking towards their own funeral place. They are walking towards their own end down here, but then it's not finished yet. My friend, the Bible says that when we die, you either go to heaven or hell, you're either lost or you are in the kingdom of God and his joy and presence forever, or you are banned from his presence for eternity. And you are in darkness where the gnashing of teeth is and where there's the terrible, terrible burden of darkness and pain and suffering. Oh, all people are walking towards that funeral place. Oh, but they don't know it. They feel alive because their body is alive, but they don't know they need a meeting with Jesus to be made truly alive. And you know, on the other hand, there are those in this world today who have already received this life of Christ. You are not fearing the grave. You are not fearing death. You are not fearing Satan. Because you know that your name is written in the book of life. You know that you have been saved by the blood that was shed for you. Jesus himself upon the cross of Calvary. And you know he paid the price for you. And that he brought you into eternal life. When he came alive in your heart and in your spirit. Oh, you know these two crowds they need to meet. And I'm praying they're meeting each other today right now. Through this broadcast, as I'm speaking to you, oh, my dear friend, oh, these two crowds, they met each other. And first of all, it says Jesus saw her. And when he saw her, he felt such compassion and love for her. He saw her suffering and her pain. Oh, my dear friend, when Jesus sees us, he doesn't merely look to the outside. No, he specifically looks to the heart of man. And he sees all things. He sees our past, our present, and our future. He sees us in our heart. He knows the depth of our heart. And he knows when we are lost, when we are suffering, when we are in pain. And he is filled with compassion for us. He saw this woman. He saw her in her need. And then he speaks these words and says, you can stop crying now. (laughs) How can somebody tell a widow who is bringing her only son to the grave, you can stop crying now? I mean, these sounds like foolish words. These sounds like words that don't have compassion in it at all. How can you tell me to stop crying when you know the need that I have, when you know the sorrow that I'm in? But he could speak those words because he, in other words, says, I am here, woman, You can stop your crying now because I am here, woman. I have seen your pain, woman. So stop your crying. I see your need. I see your hopelessness. I see the situation, but I am here. I am the resurrection and the life. All things are possible with me. Oh, you can stop your crying because life is here. You can stop your crying because forgiveness is here. You can stop your crying because healing is here. You can stop your crying because deliverance is here. You can stop your crying because the supply for all your need is here. Because Jesus is here. And so Jesus says to you, oh, dear listener, stop your crying now. Whatever your circumstance, stop your crying because Jesus is here and he sees you. And you know what he did? He touched the bear on which that man, that dead man was laying on. You know, the priest wouldn't dare to touch it because they would never touch something that is dead. But Jesus, he touched it. I think that's so miraculous because he is the son of God, but yet he touched that bear. He touched that dead body. The priest wouldn't touch it because it would make him unclean. But Jesus could touch it because it didn't make him unclean, but it made clean whatever he touched. When Jesus touches us as lepers, as sinners, as those that are fallen down the way, oh, you know, he can touch us because we are not influencing him, making him unclean, putting our death upon him, but he brings his life upon us. His resurrection power flows through us, his life, his miracles, his goodness Flows through us. And my dear friend, he is here. He says, Stop your crying. And he speaks to you as he touches you with life and resurrection power because he spoke to that dead boy and he said, Rise up, young man, and live. Get up and live. Oh, hallelujah. You know, these two crowds the one with the dancing, the leaping, and the joy because of all the miracles. And then that other crowd with all the sadness and sorrow and all the darkness and all the death. Oh, I tell you, something changed and transformed within that crowd of death. Because when Jesus touched that young man, when he spoke those words and brought life back into that dead body, suddenly the young man rose up and it says Jesus gave him back to his mother I love that sentence there. Jesus, not medicine, not a doctor, not some kind of human thing, but Jesus gave him back. Jesus will give you back your joy. Jesus will give you back your relationship with your creator. Jesus will give you back forgiveness and life eternal and a relationship with your creator. Jesus will make you an heir of the kingdom. He will give it to you, the inheritance of life eternal. And so when that boy was given back to his mother, suddenly that crowd of death changed. Suddenly they started leaping and jumping and shouting and praising. There were no more words of sadness. There was no more crying there of sorrow. There were now tears of joy. There were now shoutings of praise and they were glorifying the father. They were praising him for the great, wonderful miracle and the visitation of God to that place. Oh, God wants to visit you, my dear friend, and he wants to give you life and he wants to give you joy eternal. He wants to give you healing and deliverance. And I want to pray for you right now. Maybe you are walking in that procession of death. Maybe you're already headed towards the grave. Maybe your life is in darkness and in sadness, but hallelujah, there's hope today because Jesus is here today. He's not here with me only in the studio. He is there with you in your car, in your home, wherever you are listening to that broadcast. Jesus is right there with you and he is there to touch you because he sees you and he knows what you need and he wants to give you whatever your need is. He wants to bless you today. Oh, my dear friend, if you can, close your eyes and put your hand on your heart or stretch it out to the Lord right now as a token of faith and let us pray together and believe. Lord, I'm praying right now for those that are listening to this broadcast. They are walking in that funeral procession. Maybe they have lost something that was so dear to them. They have lost their joy. They have lost peace. They have lost a purpose for living. They have lost their health. They have lost maybe their job or their marriage and whatever circumstance they are. They are in need right now. Lord, you are with them. Hallelujah. You are speaking words of faith and you're telling them to stop their crying because you are there right now. And Lord, you are speaking life into them. Oh, bring life right now. Oh, heavenly father, because of the wonderful sacrifice of your beloved son, bring life to them right now. Bring supernatural power to them right now. Resurrect them, Lord. First of all, forgive of all sin and iniquity save them, Lord, write their name in the book of life, Lord, and bless them now with the eternal blessing, Lord, of that wonderful rebirth, Lord, and of eternal life, Lord, and make them an heir of the kingdom. Lord, heal their sick body, heal their broken heart, heal their tormented mind, Lord, deliver them of demonic activity in their life. Lord, bless them now, Whatever their need is, Lord, in their marriage, in the lives of their children, whatever their need is, Lord, right now, touch them with your divine life. Do it, Lord. Give them a miracle right now in Jesus' mighty name, and we believe it, and we will praise you for it, and we will glorify you for it, Lord, because all good things come from you. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty victorious name. Hallelujah and amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com.